Like the people who become most successful are the ones that truly put their blinders on and they listen in and they can just tune into that and know that it doesn't have to make sense to other people. Like it took my parents $2 million in two years into my own business to really be like, we're proud of you. Like my mom literally said to me, I'm so glad you didn't listen to me. And that blew my mind. And that took, that took three, almost four years, right? So it was a long time coming. Welcome to CEO School. We're your hosts, Sunira Madani and Shannon Monson, and we believe you deserve to have it all. Less than 2% of female founders ever break 1 million in revenue, and we're on a mission to change that. Each week, you'll learn from incredible mentors who've made it to the 2% Club, as well as women well on their way, sharing how they've defied the odds so you can do it too. You're a real business now, and class is officially in session. This episode is sponsored by The Club a quarterly box and digital monthly community to help you level up in leadership and life. Learn more today at join.theceoschool.co slash the club. Welcome to today's episode of the CEO School podcast. We have a treat for you. I get to introduce you to one of my dear friends, Janae Rose. Janae is a, in addition to being a phenomenal friend, she's an online business expert and teaches coaches how to leverage the power of social media to start and grow coaching businesses, which is something that I'm very passionate about as a former dietitian, personal trainer, coach. Janae's going to tell you her story about how she got started, um, but we're so excited to have you on the podcast. So if you are thinking about starting a business or you want to get into coaching, you are going to absolutely love this episode. Janae, welcome. Thanks, Shan. I'm so excited to be here. Let's start us off by just telling us how did you, I mean, you're a seven-figure entrepreneur. Let's put that out there. Janae's in the 2% Club. How did you go from yoga teacher to seven-figure entrepreneur? What was that like? I mean, it's crazy to me to think that it's been less than five years. It's like blows my mind last year or this year in March, it was my four year quitting my corporate job anniversary, which yes, that should be celebrated. Can we get a day for that, please? So I quit my job. I was working at one of the biggest brands in the world, Coca-Cola doing business development was horribly unhappy. Like so many others, it just was so misaligned with who I was. And I had found a passion for yoga, self-development, mindset, meditation, all those good things. Um, And I was teaching yoga on the side. I was a 500 hour certified yoga teacher and I was working at Coca-Cola and I was like, what is going on in my life that there is this huge dichotomy where I didn't know that I'm vegan and everyone's taking monster. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like I'm, it was wild. Like, yeah. If you don't know Janae, she's very vegan and very health conscious. And so I'm an Atlanta girl. Coke is like a big part of our culture here. Coke headquarters are here in Atlanta. So I'm trying to picture you going to this nine to five job, doing business development for a product. And then on the side in your real yeah, life, it it's was like living, so a little bit of living a double life. So how did you work up the courage to quit? Were you just like, I'm going to figure it out? Did you have things lined up? Because I know there's a lot of people listening to this that want to make this transition. And I'd love to hear more about what your story was like. Oh, absolutely. So for me, I had been posting like haphazardly on that new app called Instagram. Like this is back in 2017. So it was still a little bit newer. Um, And I was just posting personally for myself to like measure my practice and kind of keep up like so many, you know, yogis do. I think they really want that record of how much better they're getting because living day to day in your business or day to day in your job, you kind of forget that you are progressing in certain ways. So it was really an account for myself. Um, And really yoga had started to come to ahead on Instagram. And so I found a little bit of momentum and I maybe had like, 
I don't know, five, 10,000 followers at that time. Um, and brands were reaching out to me and I was starting to realize that like, I could potentially get paid to do this thing that I love. Um, but I truthfully, I got in a fight with my boss and I was like, this is it. Like I it was seven days before my 27th birthday. I remember it like it was yesterday. And I was like, looked at myself in the mirror after this big fight, just like crying in the bathroom. And I was like, you're either going to commit to this life, commit to this world, commit to making your parents happy, everybody else, right? Living that thing, or you are going to quit and you're going to figure it the fuck out. Sorry. I don't know if I can curse, but yeah, you can't. Like can. okay, um, I, I didn't like, know. This is fascinating to me. I'm like thinking through this because that's a big, scary leap. So if you haven't started on Instagram and I, I know, cause we were in like the wellness world on Instagram with similar times, yeah. but when you hit five, 10,000 followers on Instagram, you are what's considered a micro influencer, which means mm. brands are going to send you yoga pants. <laughs> yoga pants yeah. do not, not pay money. for rent. Yeah. They don't pay there for rent. <laughs> you can't pay for rent in like free protein powder. And so for you to be yeah. really having enough trust in yourself to say, I'm going to just figure it out. Is there any advice you would give to someone in that, those, you know, that position right now? Cause it, it, this doesn't sound like it was planned in advance. You didn't have money lined up. You were just like, I'm going to figure it out. So what would you say to someone in that, in those shoes? To really listen in. Like there is no, no one, not your family, not your friends, not your partner, nobody in your life knows what's right for you, but your, your gut, that voice, even if you don't see the plan, like I could not see, if you had told me I would be right here three years ago, I literally would have laughed to you, laughed at you and like turned around and walked away. Yeah. I'd be like, you're crazy. See ya. You know, like I was not the popular kid. I was not the cool kid. I was not the super successful person. I had like eight jobs in six years. Like I could not keep a job, you know, like I couldn't find something I was passionate about. Yoga at the time was the one thing that I was incredibly passionate about. And I've been doing it for two years and it's like saved my life. Like it was just everything. And I was like, I want to teach this. Like I want to help other people with this. Um, and so if that's you right now and you have this thing and this calling, give it everything you have. Like it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else, but I think that those are the, what, like the people who become most successful are the ones that truly put their blinders on and they listen in and they can just tune into that and know that it doesn't have to make sense to other people. Um, like it took my parents $2 million in two years into my own business to really be like, we're proud of you. Like my mom literally said to me, I'm so glad you didn't listen to me. And that blew my mind. And that took, that took three, almost four years. Right. So it was a long time coming, but they, every single step of the way, when are you going to get another job? You should just quit and go back and get another job. Like, right. Yeah. So, and I didn't quit to go online per se. I was teaching yoga in LA and I was doing that for almost a year. And that's a totally like big hustle. And yeah, I wasn't making any money. I burned through all my money. I was living in a tiny one bedroom apartment with my boyfriend at the time. who's now my husband and was like, what am I going to do? Like I had saved over the course of my life, maybe 20 grand. Like I, you know, from like a bat mitzvah and like birthdays, like I was kind of a saver. So I had that, but that goes real fast when your rent is like $2,000 a month in LA. Yeah. Yeah. And I've met Janae's mom. She's like this tiny little, if you you can't tell in video, Janae is like this miniature human and her mom is also a miniature human with just like a little spitfire, so much energy. And I can only imagine her... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's tough. She's a classic Jewish mother. She is critical. She is a tough one. 
Well, and I can, ima- and yeah. I can imagine, and I think this is something so many people can relate to this feeling of the people that you love dearest, you respect, they, their mm. opinions mean so much for them to see you and not see you and see what you're doing and not get it can be really, really mm-hmm. painful. And I know this is something that I definitely so went painful. through. I'm confident a lot of, especially early entrepreneurs, there's something I say that, you know, once you make it, people kind of shut up. And I don't think that's true. People still talk about you, but the people that you love close to you, they stop saying you're not going to make it (laughs) because you you clearly ask you, then they ask you how you did it. Yeah, exactly. So what advice would you give to someone that, you know, their, their, their parents are putting pressure on them to work the corporate job, become a doctor, lawyer, do the like traditional route that a good, you know, American or (laughs) human is, I'm not sure if that is outside of the U.S. too, but like that you're supposed to do, what would you say to the person in those positions? And how did you tune into yourself when it felt like everyone else was saying, this is a terrible idea and you're going to run out of money? And they did. And they told me, you can't do that. You don't have enough experience. Who's going to, I mean, my mom was like, who's going to pay you? Right. And she wasn't trying to be a bitch. She just didn't get it. She didn't see that because I didn't show them that side. Um, and I think really for me, it was looking for the small, teeny, tiny wins along the way. So in the beginning, it was like someone messaged me and was like, oh, wait, that post really helped me. I was like, ah, okay, I'm onto something. Keep going. Right. And I really looked for feedback wherever I found it. And that was part of the reason I quit my corporate job was because the, all the feedback I was getting was like, I had gotten promoted and I was making less money. And I was like, none of this makes sense. And I hate my boss. Like, you know, it just wasn't ever good. Um, and so I knew that I, you know, really wanted to give it a shot. And I figured if not now, when? And so I think for anyone who's listening, it's okay for your family not to get it. It's okay for your, my, my partner, my boyfriend at the time was like, what do you, what do you mean you're going to quit your job? You're going to teach yoga. You're going to make $20 an hour, right? Like he didn't get it. Nobody got it. Um, and yeah, I was now, teaching by the way, and I hated that. You and works in your company. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, who, who retired you from your corporate job, sir? I did. I, right? and I like, love, yeah. yes. I love this concept though of I'm onto something, keep going. So mm-hmm. one of the things I feel like is hard for people in the beginning stages is if you don't have the, the big picture, you can't see the end from the beginning. Yeah. You don't have enough money to pay your bills. It's really easy to quit. And so looking for those like micro wins is what helped you to keep saying, I'm onto something, keep going. I'm onto something, keep yeah. going. So talk us through, That's- okay. You quit your job. You quit your job. You're teaching yoga all around LA. How did you go from that to being a seven-figure digital entrepreneur with 100,000 followers and partnering with some of the biggest brands in the industry? Like, how how does that happen? (laughs) A lot of late nights, right? Like a lot of hustle. And I hate that people cancel out hustle culture because I truly think, yeah, you don't need to kill yourself. But if you want to get ahead, like you better look at your business from a business as day one. And I was always very serious about it. And I was like, if I'm going to do this, like I'm going to give it everything I have, all my energy, all my time, all my attention. That's easy for me to say, you know, I just had a boyfriend. I didn't have children. So for anyone out there who has kids and, you know, has all these responsibilities, like you're freaking amazing. Like bowing down to you. Um, for me, I just like really honed in on this vision that I can be an entrepreneur. And that's all I knew. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know I was going to create a course. I didn't know I was going to be a coach, but what happened was I was teaching yoga and I was 
continuously growing my audience on Instagram. And I was getting paid to do like a couple influencer things here and there. And I hated it because even though I was making, I think like the most I ever made was like five grand on a, on a, a couple of posts with like a big, big brand. Uh, but I absolutely hated it because they would send me feedback and tell me, no, you can't do that. And you have to do it this way. And you can't say that. And I was like, I did not quit my job to have t- someone tell me what I can and cannot say. Strings this isn't going to work for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I was, when people DM me like, I want to be an influencer. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm not an influencer. I can't help you with that. I absolutely hate that industry. Like it is so different. Not for everyone. Um, it's, it's really, it's really not, not for, everybody. for everyone. Yeah. Right. And you are still working for other companies and other brands and you, they own you and they do like 60, 90 net pay. And I'm like, that's not going to work. Who's what paying does that my mean? bills? 60, it means that pay. they don't pay you for 60 or 90 days. So that post, oh, I didn't know today. that. You don't get paid. Yeah, you don't get paid for sixty or ninety days based on the terms. And I'm like, I'm a tiny, teeny, tiny business. You guys are like some huge yeah. global corporation. Like, how does that work, right? Yeah, it's and I think different. it's important to note is when you're getting into like, there's something that's coming up for me, and then it's when you can be an entrepreneur in a lot of different ways. Like, you can be yeah. a freelancer, you can be a coach, you can create a physical product. And something that I'm hearing you say is I, I saw that model and I realized it wasn't for me. And I think that's what's really cool about entrepreneurship is you do have the ability to really match your personality, right? Like you are such a visionary. You take an idea and you run with it and you want complete freedom. You're like me, we are don't tell me what to do kind of people. And you're yeah. able to find a way that you could do this that really not just provided for your lifestyle in a beautiful way, but allowed you to mm-hmm. get up every day and like your job, not have those strings attached that you didn't want to have. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I just, as, as a fellow, don't tell me what to do kind of person, I think it's cool that you have the ability in entrepreneurship to literally make a job out of nothing. Yeah. And that's feedback, right? So sometimes people think only feedback is positive feedback. No, the negative stuff you should pay attention to as well, because, and I've, you know, I learned and something that I would tell anyone is the faster you can say no to the things that don't work for you, that you don't like, the more successful you'll be. Because immediately I was like, this is not for me. What else is out there? And I had been sharing all of this self-development and mindset and people were messaging me like, oh, this really helped me. Can you tell me more about that technique? Or, you know, hey, like how can, asking me questions and telling me what they're going through with their anxiety and their parent relationships and, you know, their family and friends who didn't believe in them. And I saw an opportunity for that. And I realized, okay, what if I get a life coaching certification on top of all of this personal development work I've done? And I go and I say, I'm taking hourly clients for like $99 an hour. And mind you, I was terrified. I had never sold something for myself, right? I had tried to write an ebook for $20 and it took me like six months and it was like 65 pages and like nobody bought it. (laughs) That's a good story though. And I think that's something (laughs) like, like you said, I looked for feedback and looked at like, that is feedback too. I had my first products flopped too. I had businesses that didn't make it initially. Like I I read this on the internet. So take this with a grain of salt, but I read that the average successful entrepreneur has 3.8 failed businesses before a successful Mm -hmm. one. And again, this is like from Google, but I think that this concept of, yeah, I do too, right? Like this concept of, okay, just because this product didn't work, that doesn't mean that you're a failure. It doesn't mean you're not good enough. It doesn't mean the product's not good enough. It just means- It's just feedback. You need to adjust and pivot. So you put together this ebook, you spent six months creating it. It didn't work. How did you, one, talk yourself back up from that? Because I know that's an ego hit. And then what did you do next? I realized that, honestly, I turned to something that I was never good at, which was math. And I was like, okay, well, maybe, you know, there was a couple people that bought it. And I was like, but 
Like I want financial freedom. I want to make six figures, right? I had never even made six figures in a corporate job, right? I think at my job, the last job I ever had, I made like 65 grand a year, right? In LA, it's like nothing. And I was door knocking, mind you. I was going out to restaurants, cold calling, asking if they wanted to buy Coca-Cola, which you can buy anywhere for a cheaper price. So I think that job actually, before that I was doing outdoors or outside sales as well. So I think those jobs that kicked my teeth in really gave me a lot of perseverance and a lot of resiliency um, because I've had to fail a lot. And like when you work for a big brand and people have one bad experience with that big brand, they're taking it on on you. Right. And they're like, you want me to pay you, you know, $2 a can when I can go to whatever Costco and buy it for 75 cents. Like, are you crazy? Right. And you're talking restaurants owners and restaurant owners are, they look at And again, Janae's this tiny that, little like, thing. that like kept me. Yeah. Right. I'm like this tiny little thing. And I was going out to like Compton, like these, you know, LA yeah. neighborhoods that I probably necessarily should not have been in. I don't speak Spanish. I, you know, am like, it just, it was so misaligned, but I've kind of pushed myself through it. And getting your teeth kicked in, in those types of sales environments will make you very hardheaded where like you won't stop. Yeah. I think that Mm -hmm. we've all had these experiences of the job that sucks and that you like, can't believe that you did it in hindsight. And I wish Mm -hmm. so desperately that I could go back and tell myself when I was in that job for me, uh, it was writing Mm -hmm. articles about pest control and cockroaches. And like, this is like a real job that I did. Uh, I wish I could have gone back and said like, this is a gift. It is what's going to prepare you for the next thing. You don't have to be in the right thing now to be preparing for the next best thing. So I would love to hear, you know, obviously you've had a ton of success in your business, continuing to grow. If you could go back and tell yourself something, meet you in one of those Compton Mm. neighborhoods right before you knocked on a restaurant door, what would you tell yourself? This is all preparation for what you want. Yeah. Because it was, it was, I mean, it was horrible. Like you, you know, you get up and you, you don't see the opportunity. You don't feel appreciated, right? All of those things that so many of us feel in these jobs that we're just doing for the pay and the pay is not even great. And so it's almost like do it because, and like, and really be present, right? And really understand, like, I wish I would have really understood more of the fact that I was building these relationships with people who I walked into their business and I was getting them to pay me. Like that's a significant Mm. amount of work that's being done in one sitting. And naturally I think that was like integrated into me, but I didn't, it wasn't until later moments like this where I can look back and really appreciate that and understand, oh, like I had quotas and I had to really hustle and I had to figure things out without a lot of handholding. And that prepared me for entrepreneurship because you know, at the end of the day, like if we stop, it all comes crumbling down. Like maybe not now because, you know, we have team members and we delegate and all of those amazing things. But if we stop and if you're in that beginning stage where you're building momentum, there is that really scary moment where like, wait, if I don't figure this out, I don't get paid. And if I don't get paid, I don't have a roof. And if I don't have a roof, I don't eat. Right. And all of those real world things that you go through when you become an entrepreneur. But I would always say like the risk was always worth the reward. Mm -hmm. And I don't even consider this a reward yet. Like I'm still feel very new in my business and I still feel very much like we have a long way to go. You know, we're, 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 our goal is like 10 million. You talk to me when I'm at 10 million, maybe it'll be 50, but there's no slowing down, but yeah, it's, it's so amazing. And 
It's not quite the sexy um, picture that I think some people have of entrepreneurship in their head when you when you yeah. dive in, but it really is so rewarding. Okay, so yeah. you started life coaching, started building your Instagram following. You are able to yeah. get tons of life coaching clients. You ended up building courses. Now you teach other coaches how to become life coaches and nutrition coaches and use social media to get clients, which I think is so cool that you can, like on a personal note, I was just a mom in Augusta, Georgia, who was able to find nutrition clients, coaching clients on Instagram. And seven years ago, that was life-changing. And so I'm really, really excited about the work that you're doing. And I would love to hear about what are maybe the top three things that you did to take it from a social media life coaching business to a Mm seven-figure business. Okay. So number one, I immediately saw the opportunity And I would consider, I would encourage everyone to know their boundaries. And as I was life coaching, I think over six months, I had like 50 one-on-one clients, but they were, it was hourly, right? So they were paying me hourly and I was chasing people down to rebook and I wasn't selling, you know, packages. I, 20, 2018, right? Like there wasn't a lot of, at least that I wasn't in the coaching industry. I didn't really understand. Yeah. Yeah. I was new. And I don't think really, I mean, there were not the amount of business mentors that there are today, like at all. Right. Or they weren't serving us. So I think there was a lot of men in this space serving, right. Facebook ads and that sort of thing. But on Instagram, it wasn't really a thing. Like the only coaches I knew were like Gabby Bernstein and Tony Robbins. Like that's who I was looking at. Um, but immediately after with all those one-on-one clients and chasing them down, I was like, there has to be a better way. And that continued to drive the innovation for me in my business. Every time I was like, something isn't working. Like I'm working so much. I'm still not getting paid. Like what I feel like I'm worth. Right. I'm like, I'm, I'm charging. I went from $99 an hour to, I think the top I ever charged was like 225, but you can't get much higher than that. Or you outprice yourself from everyone. Right. And I love the work that I was doing, but after six months, what I also want to point out, Yeah. When we're talking about hourly rates. Okay. So if you charge $225 for an hour, like I think you can hear that. And if you're in a corporate job, you hear like, wow, that's phenomenal. But there's like 10 hours of prep work that goes into that. You've got, you know, a couple of hours before the client, a couple of hours after there's admin work. And you realize that actually this is not a sustainable business model in the way that it's been set up. Well, you only have so much time. You only have so much energy and it's not necessarily getting the best result for the client, which is also something that I realized. I'm like, what if there was a way? So I realized there has to be a better way because I'm done trading my hours for dollars. That's how I felt. I'm like, I'm done being, and when people would not show up and then I wouldn't get paid and I'm like, Hey, you know, that's the agreement, but they're, they don't care. They're like, Oh, whatever. So, uh, you know, we're not a a doctor's office that's going to go to their insurance, right? It's like, they'll just buzz off. Um, and so that's when I created my first online coaching program, which was in November of 2018. And that was, you know, if you're interested in mindset and self-development, like come work with me in this six week intensive. And that was fantastic. First launch of that was $18,000. And I was like, Oh, 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 holy shit. And that was my wedding. I was like, Oh, I felt like I had discovered like a new earth. You know, I was like, this Mm. is it. Like, Oh my God, like, this is incredible. Right. So realized I was onto something again, like feedback and ran that a few times, more feedback came. Everyone who went through that was like, this is great. But like, how do I do what you do? I want to be a coach. I want to quit my job. I want to learn how to use Instagram. And yeah. I was like, ding, 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 ding. Cause I was kind of tired of life coaching. Like that's a lot of energetic drain on someone that's really sensitive. I don't know how therapists and coach, like, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> yeah, you're literally 
people listen to people's problems. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. tough. It's tough. Yeah, yeah, and you're taking it on energetically, mm-hmm. right? Because you're Zoom and it's a video and it's a whole thing. Um, and so I was like, okay, give the people what they want, <laughs> right? There has to be a better way. Um, looking at the feedback. So that's the first round of Boss. And that, I think, launched in late 2018 or no, early, early, mid 2019. And that was like off to the races. And I was like, I love this. This is the thing. So I think I wasn't afraid to pivot, you know, Mm. from yoga influencing to life coaching. And that step, I was like, who's going to believe I'm a life coach? Who's I questioned myself. I don't want everyone to think I was just like, I'm so amazing. What? No, like, right. I had helped myself. I hadn't helped anyone else. Yeah. Isn't it interesting though, even with certifications, you know, everything that you've done yoga, you had a fire, like the yoga teacher training is intense. My sister's done it at the five hundred. like you had certifications, same thing with life coaching. Like you went through a certification process. We get this education. And I think that it's still so common for us to look around and be like, we're not qualified to do this and to feel that sense of hate imposter syndrome, but feeling that way. I know I struggled with this for a long time. I'm calling myself a business coach. And I was like, who am I to say a business coach? And I'd have friends be like, well, you've built multiple six and seven figure businesses. Like, I think you can call yourself that. Crazier friends. <laughs> like yeah. we really have to just, I guess, what advice would you give for someone that doesn't feel like they're ready or good enough mm. or qualified or they don't have a certification or, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I would say you are always three steps ahead of someone else and that's your ideal client. Right. So, and really being in integrity with that. Like if I'm, if someone comes to me and says, I need your help. And, you know, we go into a qualifying conversation and they are too far along for one of my programs, I will either make something for them or I will be in integrity and say, look, I don't have something for you. I'm not taking on one clients. Like here's someone I think you should go check out. Um, But first of all, always get don't ever be afraid to ask for help and don't ever be afraid to increase your training. Like I'm still, I still work with mentors, yeah. not because I need one out at this point, but because I always want to ensure that my client's line of information and education doesn't stop with me because I'm blocking them. Like I always want to understand how, how is another business run? Like what are these other people doing? Right. The people, the people that we mentor with or that I pay to mentor me, no one would probably know. Right. And that's the point. That's the goal for me. I don't want to necessarily just work within this space, but I think I was never afraid to get more education ever, ever, ever. Like I was always like, okay, this is money investing in me. Even if that investment didn't turn out the way I wanted, even if maybe I can't count the dollars I'm making from it, it will all, it's like a a stacking effect, right? It's like your, your momentum stacking when you're investing in yourself. Um, you're always three steps ahead of somebody else. And like, that's the person that you can help because you know how to get them from A to B to C faster than they can do it on their own. That's all you have to add. That's all the value you have to add to them. I love that concept of being in integrity. So, because the the fear that we have is that someone's going to point us out and be like, how dare she? She thinks that she can do this. And I, I think if you sit down and say, here's the things I'm comfortable doing here's what I know. Here's what I have results for myself and for others. And here's what I can teach mm-hmm. and be willing to say. I remember the first time I told a prospect said, you know, I'm so excited for you. I believe in you so deeply. I haven't done this enough times to be prepared. You know, you're too close of a level to me for me to be able to support you at the next level. And it's a, it's a feeling that you're kind of like, you have to be very secure in yourself to say that too. And so I think from the beginnings, you know, my little TED talk here on imposter syndrome, as long as you 
know what you can do, you should, you should be so proud of that and firm in that and really write down, like take time to write down all the things that you're good at, that you've helped people with. And if you stay within that and continue growing, you're always going to be really successful. Okay. Going back to your seven figures, your three lessons from seven figures. Your first is to recognize opportunity, which I love. I absolutely agree with. And opportunity is always presenting itself and always changing. And I think right now we're in the middle of one of the biggest opportunities in not just our lifetime, but generations with the way the world has been shifting because of COVID. The second thing you mentioned Mm -hmm. was feedback, just constantly listening for feedback and implementing and not being afraid to pivot. What is the like final thing that you feel like really allowed you to break past, not just this barrier of being a six figure entrepreneur, which congrats, but a seven figure entrepreneur. I would say not being afraid to dream big. And I think a lot of people stop themselves from that um, because it seems so out there and they let other people's belief of what's possible affect them. When I always, for some reason, intrinsically, like deep in my gut, soul, whatever, I knew that like, even let's say my parent saying to me, you can't, no, that's too big. You can't do that. I knew that that was their reflection of what was possible for them and not what was possible for me, right? And I just was like, just go. Like you literally have nothing to lose, just go. You will always regret not trying. The only thing you will never regret is trying, even if you fail. And I'd failed so many times in my life. Like I, when you said that three businesses thing, I had tried doing a jewelry business fresh out of college. I tried when I, when I went to Bali with Garrett, we came back and we found these like amazing tempeh chips that we wanted to import and that totally failed and we wanted to whole thing. Right. And I'm sure there's some other business around somewhere that I could find that didn't work, you know, and that's okay. Um, being resilient is definitely, that's the key. Say what you said again about it being a reflection on, of them, but you said that really resonated. Yeah. So with anyone who tells you that's too big, you can't do it. That's truly their reflection of what they believe is possible for themselves. It has nothing to do with you. And a lot of that is societal, right? Like who says a five foot two blonde, hundred pound little Jewish girl from Long Beach, California is allowed to make over a million dollars a year and shoot for $10 million without ever having a business degree. Nobody says that's okay, except motherfucking me. And I'm the one that's going to do it. And I'm right. I'm going to be the one that like sits down with my parents. And I'm like, mom, dad, I've saved a million dollars in cash and their fucking jaw hits the floor. Right? Like those are the moments where I'm like, yes, like this is uh, proof of what I always felt, right? And it's easy to second guess yourself. Um, don't believe that for a second. Don't believe other people's projections. It's such a good reminder that it's they're, they're, it's a projection on them and not a reflection of you. I'm gonna tuck that one away for later. I would love to hear more about, I feel like you are the queen of sales and it actually makes a lot of sense realizing that you did door-to-door sales and you know worked for Coke. Um, I think that initially people don't necessarily love the word sales, but sales is what drives a business. If you're going to continue to make more revenue in your business, more profit, more take home, which is everyone's end of day goal, you have to drive sales. So I'd love for you to take us through your sales process, or I know you have like really phenomenal foundational teachings of how to sell effectively. So if you could give us like a mini course in how to effectively sell through social media and through discovery calls, I would love to hear just your wisdom. Absolutely. So when it comes to selling, being really, really connected to your price, I think is something that is very much underutilized. Um, You do not have to charge something that you feel is too high, right? Like a lot of people will say you have to sell high ticket. I didn't start selling high ticket, right? It was, I went from hundred 
200. I'm a, bit, a huge fan of incrementally increasing your price in accordance to your confidence. Mm. I think that that is something that like, y'all don't have to come out the gate charging five grand. If like you are like, no one's going to pay me that then start at one, get somebody to pay you that fantastic. Go to 1100, right? Like allow that to build your momentum in sales. Because if you do not believe that you are worth more than double what you're charging, and I will repeat that because this is a concept that we teach. If you do not believe that your client will walk away with double the amount of value, lessons, skills, progress, whatever that you have charged them, you will not be able to sell at that price. So if I believe that you're going to walk away with $10,000 of the value from working with me, I can easily charge five grand because I know I'm worth double. And that's going to show in the sales conversation energetically. I love this concept of like, if it doesn't feel good, don't do it. I think sometimes the message we get inundated with is charge more, you're worth more, don't undervalue yourself. And all those things are true, but you have to Mm get proof and validation to have confidence. Like confidence comes with action in those $100 sales, $200 sales. So I think that's phenomenal advice. I agree. I'm also not like, just raise your price and charge more. I don't think, I don't think it's good advice unless it's coupled with here's how to communicate the value. Here's how to feel confident in the value. So I love that rule of having at least double the value. So, okay, we're going to get comfortable with the price. Make sure that we feel confident in the value. Now what? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're confident in your price. You know the value. I think what a lot of people misunderstand about sales is you're not, you should not be talking more than the person on the other end of the conversation, right? So it's all about asking pointed questions. So if we're in a sales conversation, let's say you reach out to me and you're like, what's your pricing? There is a sphere of influence that you want to create immediately off the bat. And so when someone messages me that, the first thing I do is I ask them a qualifying question because I'm going to show them that I am the leader of the conversation. Does that make sense? People don't, people don't do this, right? And like, I get these types of DMs all the time. How do I work with you? What's the price? You know, can you help me with this? Do you have free advice around that? All of those I'm looking as qualifying conversations. So if you don't like the word sales, cool. Talk about qualifying. Who's right to work with you? Right. And when someone asks how much money does it cost, they're not, they don't, they're not asking how much money does it cost. They're asking, is it worth the value that I believe is, is the the cost, does the uh, value outweigh the cost? That's the conversation they're having. Like if this is on a teeter totter, does the value outweigh the cost, but they're not giving you an opportunity to tell you what the value is or what's included They've already decided what they think the value is. And they're waiting for a number to say, yes, no, that's worth it to me without even giving you an opportunity to have that conversation. So that's one of my favorite questions to respond to. Um, how do we tell us like your script? I I know how I respond to that. I want to hear your script. When someone's I DM you, I'm like, Hey, how much does it cost to work with you? How do you respond? Say, Hey, name, Hey, Shannon, I'm happy to help, right? So I've, I've, t- I've given you something like, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm acknowledging that she's asked me a question, not just like fully ignoring it. Um, walk me through what you're struggling with in your business right now, or walk me through what you're hoping to get out of coaching, or why are you looking for a coach right now? Like you need to start isolating what is the pain, what is the problem? Because even if they, they think in their head, it's only worth this much, you'll prove it to them by outlining how many problems they have and figuring out what's broken in their current strategy. That's what's going to make someone pay way more than they would even normally think about paying. Yeah. I love that. Walk me through 
walk me through. That's a, that's a good way to phrase it. And Pain, it goal, opens whatever. the door. It opens the door for a conversation instead of yes or no. Mm-hmm. So I think also, I think about this with objections too. Sometimes when people ask objections, we think that they're looking for a yes or no answer or it's right or it's wrong. But really it's almost mm-hmm. like you can come sit next to them and be like, hey, I'm going to come be your friend. I'm going to help you figure out if this is the right, the right decision for you or not. And if it's not, I'm going to help you kind of go from there. And, and um, I think it's really good advice. Okay. So we are confident in our ch- charge. We're asking in our price. We're asking qualifying questions and you're doing all of this mostly through social media, right? Yeah. Can we so, back I mean, up? We how do you get DMs them to DM and, you? Yeah. How do you get them to DM you in yeah. the first place? Cause I know that's a big thing that people struggle with. Yeah, so I think leveraging call to actions, whether it is in a post, whether it's in your stories, um, and a pointed call to action, right? Struggling with XYZ, DM me to learn if our four-step process can work for you, right? Like a pointed question, not like DM me if you want to chat more about what I do. No, like get, get clear, right? What are you asking them to do? The more clear that you can be in those types of call to actions, whether it's stories, lives, whatever, the easier, Um, Of course, there are ways, like if someone votes in your poll, you can go like start up a conversation, but make sure it feels good and it's not like a weird spammy thing because, you know, we all get those spammy messages. Nobody wants to be on the other end of those. Nobody wants to be on the other end. Um, Nobody, like someone today who's like her tagline is like, I help six and seven figure coaches close more sales in the DMs. Her message is like, hey, babe, or hey, girl, love what you're doing. Love your vibe. And I wanted to be like, why? I'm probably going to respond and be like, why? First of all, you couldn't use my name. (laughs) Second of all, I know you want me to see that you're a closer. You are talking to the ultimate closer. Okay. You want to come close me? Let's go. Like, I want you to work for it. So I think there's a lot of like, you know, if you guys get clear about what you're asking and truly you all should know what is the information that you need to understand about this person, where they're at, what they're struggling with, what, why it hasn't, what have they tried before? Why hasn't that worked? You need all that information before you can tell them, yes, this is a good fit. I can help you. Let me walk you through what it is that I do or no. Because guess what? The price is irrelevant if they're not the right fit to work with you. So if Shannon pops in my DMs and she's like, "Uh, how much is it to work with you? Like, this is my budget. I'd be like, the price is irrelevant if I'm not the right person for you. So let's make sure that I'm I'm the right person. That's so good. (laughs) That's so good. It's true. Is it relevant if it's not the right fit? And that shouldn't be the first question or the first conversation. Um, You kind of breezed over this and I want to go back because this is like one of the hills I will die on. Um, When people message, and I'm just, if you were listening to this, please never do this and don't be afraid to encourage people not to. Hey, girl boss. Hey, babe. Hey, girl. It's okay for me to call a friend, you know, girl or babe when you have a relationship. I I personally think it just shows such a lack of disrespect that you didn't take the time to use someone's name and see if they're comfortable using pet names with each other. And I think that it's something that has been normalized for women to be called babe, girl, sweetie, honey. Yeah. And I Can see I tell you how I address yeah. this? Yeah, please do because I will like, no, don't, do not call me that. Mm -mm. Right. So, you know, a lot of people who have like personal profiles or they're a new coach, they don't necessarily know how to set up their Instagram. They'll message me and ask about what we do, all that good stuff. I want to grow coaching business. Okay. Amazing. The first thing I'll say is I'll go to their profile. I will take the time. Yes. It's still me and my DMS. I will take the time. Look at their profile. If I can't figure out what their name is, my first question is, Hey, what's your first name? I want to make sure I address you properly. Like we're humans, right? And it also tells her that I, I'm here, I'm present and I care about who she is, not what she has to offer me as, because this is the thing with sales. You have to be detached. 
if you are needy and you are, that's where it gets slimy and creepy and weird and pressury. Sales itself, it's just sales. Like this word salesy has no negative connotation. It's the way that people go about it, right? And so it creates that like negative fear, slimy car salesman thing. When in reality, like what? what's wrong with being a car salesman? Like he's just selling cars, yo. He's just doing his job. Like I'm slinging courses and coaching. It's all good, right? But like, it's all about your approach. It's all about your frame, especially in sales. Like if you're giving up control too early, that person is going to pay you and they will own the relationship and they will bail on your call. Like it all, right? It all happens in that first conversation. Yeah. And names are so important. It's like not just a sign of respect, but it's our entire identity, right? I've been reading a lot about this. Like our entire identity is around your name. Like I'm going to do everything in my power to pronounce your name right. I'm going to spell it right. I'm a Shannon with an A. Like those little things are just such a sign of respect. And there's a really, some interesting studies around the like reticular activation system. Like you can Mm -hmm. be in a crowded party, crowded room, which (laughs) might be giving all of us anxiety right now. But remember back in the day when we could be in crowded rooms without having anxiety, you're in a crowded room. It's loud. If you hear your name, we have the ability to drown out everything else and we immediately peek up. And so I think there's just so much power in those little things. A lot of times we talk about sales and it seems hard or overwhelming. No, it, it could be as simple as just saying somebody's name and starting a conversation. So that was very powerful. I have a hard question for you. I'm hoping you'll go here with yeah. me. I'd like to yeah. hear like your biggest mistake in business or biggest failure and what you learned from it. I didn't prepare you for this. I don't want to go there. That's that's okay. okay. No, I'm all good. So let's, let's call it like it is. I called Shannon totally crying when this all happened. And I was like, this is the biggest mistake I've ever made in my business. It was, I don't even know what story you're going to tell. Well, I, I hired someone that, you know, had the control of the frame, right? So we're talking about sales and I was, almost subservient to this person. I fell into this like people pleaser mentality and I hired this person to come work for me. And it was so bad and so toxic. And it was such a large waste of money and time and energy that I almost spun out. Like I was in full burnout, chronic fatigue. I was like working 10 hours a day, paying this person a full salary, 75 grand a year, more than I've ever paid anybody. And it, that was without a doubt, the worst mistake that I had made. And, but I learned how to take my power back. And I think that's really important because I gave it away at some point in my business because like, this is too much for me to handle. I'm just one person. I can't do it all. I need all this help. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I got it to this place before this person. And I realized not to believe everyone at face value, which I know is a little late in the game to learn that I'm an overly trusting person, I think. But yeah, with business, this was a new mountain that I had never, I had never climbed before, which was like, hiring a full-time team of employees who are working for me to build my vision, right? You know, it was just a new kind of new level, new devil thing. Say more about taking your power back, because I think this is something you, whether you're an entrepreneur, you started a business, whether you're a seven, eight figure entrepreneur, this Mm -hmm. is something that is so important because it's, I think it's, I struggle with this. It's just so easy to look to everyone else and say, they have the answers. They know better. So like, I want to hear you speak more to like how you, how you gave your power away and how you took it back or, you know, what you would say to someone in the same scenario. Cause that's, that's really resonates with me. Yeah. I would say that if you're feeling like something isn't clicking, listen, 
listened to that and I continued, I wanted it to work. I wanted it to work. This person had the qualifications that I didn't. They came from a corporate, you know, marketing and operational background and they talked the talk, but they could not walk the walk. And that is something that I think we're going to see more of in this space as it grows. And that's why I'm like such a big preacher of be in your integrity, say what you can and cannot do. Like it's okay. Right. Um, and yeah, it was listening, getting really quiet. And I was have I was like really having panic attacks. Like I would say this has been the hardest year of my business ever because we're in that place where we're at like 1.5, wanting to get to five, right. Or wanting to get to three. And that is a totally different ball game. As you know, yeah. there is a big difference between $250,000 a year, right. To $200,000 a month. Right. Yeah. We're like right at the cusp yes. of, and I mean, that is a big new level, new devil. Change. Yeah. But like, I mean, like new crazy level, right? Like I, and I didn't know because everything for me, it wasn't easy, but it was like, I could ram through it. I'm a ram. I'm an Aries. Like I could just like go, you know? And this was like, like, I can't go. Like it's stronger than me. Like what's happening. I can't force this to work. And so had to slow it down, had to cry a lot, had to like really start to remember what it, what do I want for this business? And what do I want it to feel like? Because I was trying to emulate it's a big thing with mentorship too. Sometimes you get into this like emulation mode and you like want to copy everything they do or you want your business to look just like theirs. And I was finding that and I was hiring someone because they were like, you need to hire this person. And it was just like the worst. And I had to really step back and like stop asking for help. That's one thing I had to do. I had to like stop asking for help, stop looking to, you know, my husband, stop looking to my mentors and really sit pen to paper or iPad, pen to iPad. And like, what do I want? what's not working. I did like a pros and cons list. Like it was so just simplified because I was so overwhelmed. Um, and the business was getting so much more complicated and there were so many other new projects and niches and we want to do all these things. And like, I literally sat down and cried one day and I was like, I miss just me and my phone. Like I was so overwhelmed. I couldn't get on stories. There was like a three week gap where I did not do one Instagram story. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing Instagram stories every day for probably four years. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much value in like listening to yourself and getting in tune with your power. And just because you haven't done it yet doesn't mean you aren't capable of doing it next. And that's the same belief that got you from zero, from, you know, yoga teacher to six-figure entrepreneur that got you from six to seven will take you to the next level. And that's something that I think you always have to constantly come back to, wait a minute, I can Yes, I can. One of my favorite affirmations is just, yes, I can. can. Just because I haven't doesn't mean that I won't. Um, I think that's really a really powerful because it's common to get overwhelmed. It starts getting big and all of a sudden it's like, this is too big for me. I can't do it anymore. I don't have the skills and preparation, but I want to remind you, you didn't at the beginning either. Right. You didn't at the beginning either. Yeah. Yeah. And you start to look to all these people that you're paying to help you. Yeah. And it's like, but you're leading the ship. And so I think leadership has been a very big growth period for me because I was always leading my audience and leading my community. I wasn't necessarily leading a team. Right. Mm -hmm. And like the business got so complicated, but our revenue did not increase. And that was like a huge red mother effing flag. And I (laughs) wait. It's very common though. Right. Right. They say that's when your business breaks, right? It's like, yeah, trying to get to like 
hundred grand a month, 250 grand a month is supposedly the hardest growth period. I mean, I know that those numbers probably sound nuts to somebody listening to this. Sometimes I have to remind myself like, Janae, you sound nuts. Like that's insane. Yeah. Like those are huge numbers, but everything breaks. And, um, we're just moving through that, that period, you know, and I'm learning to like, enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah. It's just such a good reminder because, you know, making a thousand dollars on your own sounded crazy too. It's amazing. And then making yeah, it 5,000 sounded great. And, and I think coming back to this, like just something you've mentioned multiple times in this episode is listening to yourself and trusting yourself and trusting in your mm-hmm. own power. You weren't listening to your parents and the advice they, they were giving you or your boyfriend or your friends. And I think that you have to be able to continue to tune in because what happens is the voices get louder. You've got more people bigger your team gets, the bigger your audience gets, you got more people telling you. And I think that the, the takeaway that I'm feeling from this is actually, wow, our inner voice is really powerful. And the best thing we can do is not get louder, the bigger we get, but get quieter. So thank you so much, Janae. This has been absolutely phenomenal. Before we wrap up, I want to make sure everyone knows about your boss method and your program and how it works because you're just a phenomenal coach and friend. And I want to make sure that they know where to find you on Instagram, how to learn more about your program. So walk us through that. Okay. Amazing. You can all find me at Janae Rose official, J-E-N-A-Y. Um, and, uh, the boss method is our trademarked proven four-step process for coaches of all different niches. We've literally served coaches, consultants, experts across any different niche and industry to get into their $10,000 months in their business. And we leverage organic social media. So we teach you true sales, acumen, true uh, offer development, iteration, pricing, packaging. We help you with every single step of the way. And there's really no other program like this. You've probably heard of Business Masterminds. We are a business accelerator program. So when we say 90 days, we mean 90 days of like hard work, intensive support, four weekly calls with our team of experts. Um, there, it's just insane amount of support. Um, and if anyone's curious about that, feel free to DM me the word boss or we'll drop some stuff in the uh, in the link below. But that methodology has been something that I've cultivated over the last several years of working with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of coaches. Um, and we know that it works and it encompasses everything from building an organic audience and going viral to offers and pricing to sales and scaling your business and doing things like projecting your revenue and tracking your you know, finances and all those fun things that no one wants to talk about, but it's all in but there. But very um, important. Super important. And um, I think one of the most important things that we truly do is we give you the skill sets that you need to walk, to run your business forever. Like I always say, we want to be the only business program that you ever need, at least to get you into the six-figure mark. Um, and we stand by that. And I think our our case studies walk through that too. It's pretty, it's really cool. I just love business. I love online business, I love social media. And I'm so grateful to not only have this platform, but to be in this space and, you know, side by side with you and so many other incredible humans and entrepreneurs who are leading this space. Cause y'all we're leading it. Like there's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur online, no matter what type of skill or expertise you have. Like there's a way to develop a, a coaching program or a course around that and change lives with, with your voice. Well, I can't recommend Janae enough, not just as a friend, uh, as a former coach of Janae's. I've seen the insides of this program. I've seen her build it and bring it to life and seen the results and testimonials and really can't recommend it enough. We barely just touched a little bit on her sales knowledge and expertise, but a phenomenal program. So definitely follow Janae on Instagram, check her out, and we'll drop links to the boss method in the show notes uh, on the website as well. Janae, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I love you. 
Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. We want to invite you to follow CEO School on Instagram for show notes, inspiration, and exclusive behind the scenes you won't find anywhere else. We also have an absolutely incredible free resource for you. It's the seven lessons we learned building seven and eight figure businesses. These are complete game changers and we want to give it to you completely free. All you have to do is leave a review of the podcast, why you love listening, screenshot the review and email it to hello at ceoschoolpodcast.com and we'll send it your way. See you in the next class.